Hello, Elements. So glad to have you here. If you are tuning in online, we are waving to you. Glad to have you tuning in with us. If you're here, grateful to have you here. I know, especially if you're new, uh, I met a couple of you. Thanks for taking a chance on us. So I know it takes courage coming to a new place. And so we're grateful to have you here. If you happen to be new and you need some water, uh, there's water in the cooler out there. Restrooms are down to my left, your right, uh, down a hallway there. But we're thrilled to have you here. In fact, if you happen to be new, we'd invite you to download our Element City Church app. You just go to your app store, type in Element City Church. Uh, You can download that. There's lots of different things. You can kind of listen. There's a playlist there where you can listen to music that you'll hear here. Uh, Hear, hear? There you go. Uh, But um, And uh, you can follow along with that. Also, there's a connection card. We'd love to connect with you. And we know that's kind of difficult and sometimes hard to do. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to make you deal. If you fill out the connection card and you join me at the 10-minute party afterwards, so the 10 minutes, guess how long it lasts? Less than 10 minutes. Uh, It's right in that back corner there. If you're online, I guess you could drive down here. Uh, And then uh, you could get the free best kettle corn this side of the Grand Canyon. Yeah, we're not not blowing smoke. It really is the best kettle corn this side of the Grand Canyon. So we have that just for you. People that call Elements Home, they don't get it. It's just for new people. And so if that's you, I'd love to meet you at the 10-minute party afterwards. You can fill out the connection card. It's a couple quick texts. We'll be connected. We'll walk with you over the next five, six weeks. And uh, you can opt out, but you can also respond respond to that. And it's just a way for us to help kind of help you find your fit around here as we get connected. So tonight I am thrilled to have a good friend. Uh, Glenn Elliott is here and he's going to be teaching tonight. We're excited to have him. Glenn uh, was a pastor at Pantano Christian and actually one of the original people who helped get Elements off the ground and helped get Elements launched as a church 10 years ago. This whole month we've been celebrating our 10-year anniversary and kind of celebrating, kind of looking into mission and vision. And so a few months back, I asked Glenn to come and share his heart. He's been in ministry for 45 plus years, and I said, I'd just love for you to speak into the life of, uh, of this church, our church, and the vision that God's been given us. And so he's a, very much a part of our story, and we're thrilled to have him here tonight. But we're going to worship a little bit, and so if you happen to be here in the house, I'm going to invite you to stand up where you're at. If you're at home, we can't see you. So uh, you can if you want, or if you're watching this later. Uh, um, let's see. Olivia, can you put that slide back up? Um, the first one. We're going to pray for the Church of the Week, and every week we pray for the Church of the Week, and this is Grace Church in Sarita, Pastor Fred Eaton. Uh, We know there's a million plus people that aren't connected in any faith community, and we can't reach everyone, so we want to pray for uh, Grace Church of Sarita and Pastor Fred and their team, and so let's pray together. Father, we are grateful. As we start our service tonight, we want to pause and pray for Grace Church, Sarita, and Pastor Pastor Fred and their team. We're asking your blessing over them. Would you allow your provision and uh, your wisdom and insight to be upon their team as they seek to reach those who are living down south in Sarita? God, uh, we know your church is the hope of the world, and we want to see people impacted by your love and your grace and your hope. And so tonight, even uh, whether we're watching from online or watching here in the room and participating, we just kind of take a collective pause. Lord, we need you. We're asking to encounter and experience your spirit tonight. Each one of us is at a different place, maybe at a different place of life, the struggles that are around us, maybe a different place of just spiritually seeking or walking with you, trying to find our next step. So we're asking that as we linger in worship, kind of put our heart uh, devotion in your direction, that your spirit would be free uh, to move amongst our midst. 
to, to encourage us, to meet us. We pray your blessing over Glenn as he shares tonight. Grateful to, uh, to be the church and to be in your presence tonight, we pray. For a move of your spirit, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's put those hands together tonight. We should worship a good God, don't we?
Jesus. Jesus, you are holy. And so as we stand before a holy God, uh, we just recognize the reason we get to do that is because of what you did for us. That you came and died on our behalf for our sins. And you didn't stay dead, you rose again. And so not only have you paid the debt for our sin and stepped in our place there, it's, it's your righteousness that steps in our place on our behalf so that we can come before the Father and know him. And so we just, we worship you tonight, Jesus. We worship your name. We lift you up as the name that's above every other name. And that's our heart's cry tonight, that you would be glorified in this place, Jesus, that what is said, what is done, what is sung out, every note, every moment tonight would just point to you, would be something that would draw us closer to you. And so God, we just ask would you continue to move in this place during this time. We pray your anointing over Glenn as he comes to share. Uh, but most of all, God, would you prepare our hearts? Would you open our hearts to receive your word, to receive what it is that you have for us to hear from you tonight? And so we love you. We trust you. And we lift you up, Jesus. It's in your humble and your holy and your precious name that we pray. Everyone said. Good evening, Elements. We were just here a few weeks ago to celebrate the 10th anniversary. It's great to be back again uh, so soon. And uh, I, I love the, uh, the, the vision and the mission that Jack's been laying out uh, this month uh, for Elements. And, 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 and what we've been talking about is that Elements is a church. It's a culture where we want to reach up to God. And, and we want to be equipped to truly follow Jesus well. And then we want to be sent out with the love of Jesus to truly make a difference in our world. And it's this last part, this idea of being sent, that I kind of want to camp out on uh, tonight. Uh, for, for, I've been involved in ministry for 45 years and in church ministry and, and in missions. And, and, and my passion through this whole time has been this whole idea of sending. And we're going to look at it a little bit more deeper because I believe that God wants to send us. And it's a focus of the Scripture. If we're going to follow Jesus, we've we got to follow the way of Jesus. It's his way. That, that's what happened when we surrendered our life to him. We said, all right, we're, we're committed to your ways and all of your ways. And, uh, and I believe that the way of Jesus includes this. It's not the only part of it, but it's a significant part of it. The Jesus way is to gather in order to scatter to reach people who are not connected to God. God intends for us to gather, and there's good reasons for that. But not to stop there. That we would scatter to be able to take that which we've gained together and share that with others. And, and, and that's, that's just been his pattern all through. We even see it in the Old Testament. We're going to focus on it in the New Testament today. And, and we actually see this pattern right at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. We know that Jesus ministered for three years before his death. And in those three years, what we see over and over again is that he focused on those who were outside of the normal, respected religion. He, 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 think about it. The guys that he picked as disciples. These guys were folks that would have never, ever been considered by a traditional rabbi of that day. They were uneducated, 
They were too ordinary. Frankly, they were, they were dangerous. One of them was a rebel. The other was, was, was a traitor. It would have been too risky to even consider these guys. But Jesus invites them to be disciples. And then and he doesn't stop there. He, he just hangs out with those who are rejected by, by, by the, the religious elite. He hung out with prostitutes, with tax collectors. And, and, and by the way, we just use that word tax collectors because we don't like the IRS, but we don't see them as particularly overly evil. But in that day, the tax collectors are seen as the, the worst of the traitors of the culture. And, and, and then he would, and all kinds of sinners. And, and one time he it was being hosted at a dinner at Matthew's house. And, and, uh, and, and, and I want you, want you to see what's said. This is found in Matthew chapter 9, verses 10 and 11. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees, that religious elite, when they saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? Like, this is so wrong. No rabbi would ever do that. Why is he doing that? And so here you've got this house full of, of, of those who would have been outside the walls of acceptable religion. And, and, and Jesus deliberately sought these kinds of folks out. And he didn't do it just once. He did it so often that Jesus actually gets a reputation. The, the, the religious leaders say that Jesus is a glutton. He, 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 he's a drunkard. And he's a friend of sinners. Now, that's biblical language for he's a partier. He's just having way too much fun with the wrong kind of people. And, and, and that's how they saw him. And, and then Jesus went to another tax collector's house. His name was Zacchaeus. And, and because of that visit, this, this crook, Zacchaeus, uh, he, he changes his whole way of living. And he's offered and he receives salvation from Jesus. And at the conclusion of that story, again, we get this, this powerful idea of, of who Jesus is and his way. It, Jesus said this as, as he announces that salvation has come to this house. He says, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. I, I came looking for those who, who, who are messed up, who are far from God. Those are the people that I want to be with and be around. So, so, so Jesus went after those who needed God the most. And, and again, to, to emphasize this again, he, t he tells a, a story, a parable, about this shepherd who, who had 100 sheep and he leaves 99 in the open field, meaning in danger, to go after the one lost sheep. That's his priority. That's, what's his, that's where his heart goes. And so that's the first part of the Jesus way. He, he, he's looking for those who, who really need God. But, but there's a second part to it, and I've already hinted to it. And that's this idea that we gather in order to scatter. That, that we, we're collected together, but, but for a purpose to be sent and that's how Jesus trained his first disciples. Not only did he pick these, this ragtag group of guys, but, but he spends time with them and he starts to live with them. And, and, and over those three years, can you imagine all the conversations they had? And, and he taught them and they got to see him do these incredible miracles. But, but even early on, right after he'd called them, it wasn't just to gather them and, and to have him follow him and spend time together around a fire or whatever. It was actually 
to send them out. In Matthew chapter 10, a whole chapter is there about instructions of how they were to go and to be sent. And he tells them, look, you're to, you're to talk about who I am and that I'm bringing about this whole change of the way that we live our lives. And, and he says, I'm going to be with you and you're going to do these miraculous things. And so they go out and they see the power of God at work as it's changing people. And, that, and that's, that's who we are here at Elements. We gather together because we want to reach up to God in worship. We, we gather together because we want to be equipped. But we never want to stop there because we want to be sent. We want to be sent into the, our world, the, the, the world that God's uniquely created for us. Each of us has this unique web of relationships, this, this incredible network, and he sent us to the people that, for a purpose and that's the Jesus way. That's, the, that's what, that's what he, it's, it's all about. Now, we're going to follow the same pattern. We gather to scatter. And if we'll do the same thing that the disciples did, we gather but we scatter, it's only in the scattering that we're going to see the profound work of God, the, the powerful work of God, the miracles of God as we see that happen in people's lives. Now, near the end of Jesus' life, right, right before his arrest, his crucifixion, and his resurrection, Jesus knew that his disciples were going to have an incredibly difficult time with, with his death. Even though he tried to prepare them before that, he, he knew they, they really didn't get it. And, and, and so he, he prepares them for his departure, and, and, and he prepares them to carry on his work. And what we have recorded in the Gospel of John is we got four chapters that record all of, of, of how he was trying to prepare them. And, and, and part of that was he reminded them. Uh, uh, Jack talked about this last week. He says, look, I, I want to remind you that your main task is, is to love people as I've loved you. And then he, he, he lets them know about what's going to happen and, and that, 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 that they don't have to be afraid and, and that he's going to not leave them alone, that he's going to send them a helper, an advocate. We call that, that helper the Holy Spirit. And, and that, that they're, they're, they're going to they're gonna face all kinds of challenges, but they're not going to be alone. And then at the end of his preparation, he, he says these words. And this is found in John chapter 17. Verse 18, he says this. In chapter 17, it's actually a prayer. He's praying for his disciples. And he says this, As you, Father, sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. That's their task. They gathered together for three years. They spent so much incredible time together and just as God sent Jesus to us, for God so loved the world, he sent his only son. He says, now I'm sending them into the world. I want you to think about that for a moment. I don't think that I can fully grasp how incredible heaven is, but Jesus was with the Father and with the Spirit in heaven. A place of absolute joy and comfort love that, that, that we can't even fully comprehend in this life. Jesus was in the presence of his Father. And, and, and he leaves that 
to come to this world with so much suffering and misery. He, he goes from a place where there are no limits to a place where we are so limited. He left perfection to come to this place of brokenness. And what Jesus says is, as God sent him, so he's sending us to, to leave the comfort of, of, these, of these walls of the church, to leave the comfort of our e-group, to leave whatever is just so naturally pleasing, to, be, to, to, to go to, to those who are struggling and hurting and, and maybe in, in some ways very different than us and believe very different things from us. That's Jesus' desire for all of us. Just as he left that incredible home to come into our world, he wants us to go. And he, to, to go wherever that might be to those who are hurting and need Jesus. And, and Jesus kept after this, this idea. We know that Jesus was then arrested, he was crucified, and he rose from the dead. But his disciples, before they really understood that he was a resurrected Savior, that they were struggling. In fact, we know that, that, that after Jesus' crucifixion, they were actually scared to death, hiding out behind locked doors, afraid for that evil world that was out there. They were confused. They were huddled in fear. And then Jesus appeared before them. And they were so afraid, even at his appearance, that the first thing he has to say is, peace, peace be with you. And then he showed him his hands and he showed him his side and, and then they were overjoyed realizing that it was, it was Jesus who was in their midst. And then Jesus said these words. It's found in John chapter 20, verse 21. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. And with that, he breathed on him and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. So after the second time he said, Peace be with you, he said this. The very first word next was as. What a simple word, as. In the same way. As the Father sent me, so I'm sending you. As the Father sent me, leaving that place of comfort where I was gathered with, with my Father and with the Spirit, leaving that and coming personally, because Jesus was God in the flesh, coming in a very personal way into our neighborhood, into our world. It was personal. He got to us as close as he could possibly be to interact in, in, in this world. And, and Jesus said, look, just as, as I did that, the pattern, the way is for you to do the same. And that just as he entered our messed up world, we enter sometimes the messed up world of others. You see, we gather to be encouraged, we gather to be equipped, we gather to remember who it is we serve. But 
we only gather for a short time so that we can scatter. Because as the Father sent him, he's sending us. Now, what Jesus also did in that, in that room when, when, he, when, when, when he was revealing himself as the resurrected Lord, he, he also said this, look, receive the Holy Spirit. That's a huge deal. Because he's not sending us out alone. We're not doing this all by ourselves. He gave us the Holy Spirit. Folks, it's the Holy Spirit that opens up doors for us to enter into the lives of other people. Sometimes people that we don't even think have an interest in the things of God or even will allow us to serve them and to love them. The Holy Spirit has this profound, powerful way of opening doors. It's the Holy Spirit that helps us to love in supernatural ways even those who are hard to love. It's the Holy Spirit that gives us the right words to say at the right time. And not only that, the Spirit is already working in people's lives. The Spirit directs us to people where He's already been at work in their lives so that there's an openness to the things of God. Sometimes we just don't know that that's happening. But as we go, as we're sent, we discover that God's already at work. I think part of our problem in the church, not just elements, but I mean the church across our country, is that we've had a wrong idea about what church is. Not only do we tend to think of church as just a gathering, but we think of it as a gathering place. It's just ingrained into our thinking, and we don't even realize it. I mean, think about how you talk about church. You say, you know, you ask somebody, what church do you go to? A place. You say, you know, are you going to church today? As if it's, you know, it's going to a place. And I appreciate that Jack last week talked about, you know, the church isn't people. I mean, the church isn't a place. The church is people. The church isn't a building. It's you and I. It's always been that way. That's been the teaching of Jesus, and that's what the Scripture teaches over and over. But it's more than that. We've got to see ourselves. It's more than just a people that gather. God intended us to be a people that are scattered, that are sent and the problem is that too many Christians have just come to see the church. This is a place I go to. I get services. I get great worship, great teaching. I get, I get equipped. But, but that's only for something greater, that we move into our neighborhood, that we move into where we work, that we move into our school, that we move into our city, we move into Midtown, where we actually are making a difference. And early in my walk in Jesus, God got a hold of my heart. And, and there was a season in the early 80s. I know that's a long time ago. But I was praying about lost people. I was praying about the people in the city where I lived, but also around the world. And particularly, I was praying for Muslim people. A fifth of the world are, are Muslims, and, 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 and if they're following the traditional way of that faith, they don't get to experience a loving God. They don't get to know that loving God. And so I was praying uh, uh, about that, and I'm going to abbreviate a long story, but a miraculous opportunity happened where, where uh, we, we got to go to the Soviet Union, as it was back then, to reach a Muslim people group called the Crimean Tatars. Now, 
I'd had absolutely no experience, really, as a missionary. I'd never learned another language. I'd done a couple of short-term mission trips, but that was the extent of it. My, my, my two children at that time were really young, and we entered the territory then of Ukraine, which was a part of the Soviet Union. We actually got in with Soviet visas. And it wasn't long after our experience there, by the way, that Ukraine declared their own independence in August of 1991. And by God's grace, and, and I really mean when I say that, I mean God was, what I said earlier, I'm going to say again, when God sends us somewhere, he's already work where he's sending us. And by God's grace, we were able to start churches that were able to start churches. We saw multiplication happen. We sent Ukrainian missionaries to the Crimean Tatars. We were able to start a training institute that, that today is still supporting church planting movements in places like Uzbekistan, Tajikistan, the country of Georgia, and have just begun to work in Afghanistan. And, and, and those churches and that institute today are on the front lines of providing humanitarian aid uh, to those who've been ravaged by, by the war that Russia's brought upon the territory of Ukraine. Those churches, they're not places. They're people. They're people that are hope and, and light in a dark world. But my wife and I had to be willing to go. We had to be willing to lead the comfort of our culture, our language, our church, our family, our friends. When we went there, we entered a, an atheist country, the Soviet Union. And they were absolutely convinced because we were the only Americans in the city that we lived in that we were spies. And I've got lots of stories to tell you about the KGB. They were really inept. And then after Ukraine declared independence in 1991, it was no longer the communists we had to be concerned about. It was the mafia. The mafia took control of everything. And I've got all kinds of stories to tell you about the mafia. While we were there, we, we experienced severe shortages, sometimes basic food. There was, a, there was a season when I couldn't find any kind of protein to feed our family. We would go through rolling blackouts, electric, and, and water uh, would, would, would go off, and, 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 and horrible communication system, no banking system, uh, on and on and on. But God was with us. We were never alone. We were never powerless. We were protected. We saw thousands of people come to faith. We saw whole families and generations come to faith. As I'm talking about this, you're saying, yeah, but God's not calling me to be a missionary anywhere, and, and that's not my point at, at all. What I believe is that God's calling all of us out of our comfort, whatever that comfort is, into our neighborhood to engage with those we work with, not just to get the work done, but, but to really be involved in their lives or, or, or at school or, or maybe through our extended family, wherever it is that God wants to send us. I, I love that Jack has challenged uh, this church uh, to the 111 challenge. Each one, reach one each year. 
I, I did a similar challenge when I was the pastor at Pantano Christian. And uh, a, a couple of years ago, I, I started praying that God would send me to one person in my neighborhood. And I was actually surprised that, that that prayer went on for much longer than I thought it would. But I thought God would answer that really quickly. It took a while before God answered that. And, and it happened th this way. When I, I asked some neighbors to, to help me clean up our, our common area in our neighborhood. And only one guy showed up. His name was Andy. So we cleaned up the common area. And then after we were cleaning up, we had a little time where we just kind of got better acquainted. And, and uh, he told me that, uh, found out that I was a pastor. And, and then he told me that he had just retired. He was bored out of his mind. And, and because he was so bored, for the first time in his life, he picked up the Bible. And you know where people start reading when they pick up the Bible? The beginning. No, duh, of course. Genesis. And, and he, he read through Genesis, he got through Leviticus somehow, and, and, and was almost all the way through to the end. And, and, and he's telling me this, and he goes, and I don't get a thing of what I'm reading. I said, really? Would you like some help in understanding it? And he goes, yes. Well, that was the beginning of us meeting every week for over two years. We'd open the scripture and we would talk about it. And here's a guy who had, who was just for the first time read the Bible. He'd never been in church. He'd never prayed. And in our time together, he, he actually learned how to pray and, and eventually came to a place of faith. God was already at work in his life. I was asking God who, who he wanted to send me to. And God worked out all the details to make that happen that only happens when we're willing to allow God to send us to those that he wants to send us to and, and that's who, who we're to be as his church we gather to scatter and we're really the church not when we just gather but we're really the church when we scatter when we reach out to those who are not in this room right now or next week or the week after. Don't come here next week. We're not having church next week. See, that's the Jesus way. And so Jesus, you know, before he was arrested and crucified, he said, look, as God sent me, I'm sending you. Then after his resurrection, he said to them, look, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. And then his very last instruction that he gave his disciples before he returned to his Father were these words found in Matthew 28. He says, therefore, go. <laughs> go. And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Go. Make disciples. Help. Introduce people to who Jesus is. Lead them to that place of baptism where they make a commitment to follow Jesus. Teach them those things that Jesus commanded. And as you go and do that, I will be with you always. Uh, my pastor who succeeded me as the lead pastor at Pantano, 
His name is Trevor, and, and, and he summarizes this, this, what we call the Great Commission, this great mission that Jesus gave us this way. He says, don't just come and take, go and make. It's okay to come and take. It's okay to gather. There's nothing wrong with that. Don't just stop there. Don't just come and take, but go and make. And what he means by that is make disciples. Love people to Jesus. Love them the same way that Jesus loved us. That's the, what we're called to do. That's the Jesus way. He's sending us to others in the same way that he sent Jesus to us. And you know what? It's not hard to do this because what I love about Elements is that this church has already set up opportunities for you to do that. You don't have to start from scratch. Uh, I want to encourage each and every one of us to start with that one, one, one challenge. Each one. Reach one. Each year. We can all do that. And if you haven't done that yet, here's the way you start. It's, it's not complicated. You pray. God, who's my one? Who do you want me? Who do you want to send me to? Who do you want me to love? Who do you want me to serve? And you pray. You, you pray that, first of all, God will give you that, that person, that name. And then you pray that God will open the door. You pray that God will be at work in this, that he will create the opportunities to be able to to love on them, to listen to them. Sometimes our best service to somebody is just really listening to them and their story. And and God will be at work with you. It's not all on you. I I prayed for my one and God revealed that person. It was Andy, that guy that I met and uh, cleaning up our, our common area in our neighborhood. And he's come to faith. And so now I'm back praying again. And this time I have another name. His name is Rich. He's another neighbor. And I'm praying that God will open a door for me to be able to serve him and to have spiritual conversations with him in God's way and in God's time. And, and looking for that all along. Jesus said, go and make disciples. And the best way we do that is by finding that one. And so who's your one? I want you to think of a name right now. And if you don't know that name, ask God to give you that name. Could be somebody at work. Could be somebody in your neighborhood. Could be somebody that that you go to school with. It could be any connection. It could be a family member. And then, you know, this week we've got some other opportunities to be sent. I've got some great opportunities to be sent. This Saturday, February 11th, uh, we actually have two different opportunities as a church to be able to be sent and, and, and to make a difference. Uh, Saturday's our second uh, Saturday food distribution. Uh, you're familiar with that. Uh, if you can't make Saturday, on Friday you can pack the boxes. That's one way to do it. And then also on Saturday, we're going to have the opportunity to be a part of Feed My Starving Children, packing literally thousands of meals for those in need at the Oro Valley uh, Church of the Nazarene. And you can check the uh, Elements app to, for details and for the, the date and uh, the time and all of that as well. Or, as, as in our e-groups, how incredible for us as a group of people to find someone, maybe a family, maybe, maybe a particular person in need where we can serve them. Those are always opportunities we, we have. Elements, God wants to call us together, to gather. 
but also to scatter. We gather to scatter. And here's what I've learned over my 45 years of ministry with churches literally all over the country and the world is that God blesses a church that does the very thing that's at the heart of Jesus. He'll bless us when we not only gather, but when we scatter. I've seen it over and over and over again. God wants us to be Jesus outside the walls of this building. It's easy to be Jesus inside the walls, but the real work that he calls us to is to be Jesus outside the walls, to be a Jesus that sends and takes his love to others. Let me pray for you, please. Father God, I'm asking that your Holy Spirit would be so clear and so convicting to each and every one of us of where you want to send us, to whom you want to send us. Maybe it's that one that, that, we, that we, each of us will reach that one God. Give us the clarity of that name. Open doors for opportunities for us to truly develop a relationship of trust that can lead to spiritual conversations. Maybe it's in, in, in a ministry to, to others who are hurting. But make it really clear to us, God, how, how you want to send us and to whom you want to send us. And then, God, give us the courage to step outside of our comfort to truly be you amongst those you send us to. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If I
God is so good to you, to me, so good to us, to meet us, to search after us, to seek us out, to find us, and then to enfold us into his mission, to send us. That's been the heartbeat of this church for the last 10 years. In fact, some of you are standing here or you're watching online because someone was sent in your direction. And the reason you're here is because God used somebody to help bring you here. And what would it be like for us together as a church to spend the next 10 years looking for the opportunities, the conversations, the connections, that you now are ones who are being sent. I'm one who's being sent. And so who's your one? Honestly, like, who's your one? And I'm going to be honest, like, I, I prayed that throughout the different years, and there's been times where, like, Glenn, you mentioned it, it takes a while, and it's not easy. I, I, I thought my neighbor was my one. And then I realized after investing four or five months into that, it just wasn't going to go anywhere yet. But we still plant seeds. We're still kind of scattering and kind of saying, hey, the opportunity is there, but God directed me somewhere else. And so who's your one that maybe God wants to direct you to? So just be praying into that this week. Join us in praying into how God wants to use us to, to live as sent ones over this next decade, that we look back 10 years from now and have the joy and the pleasure of seeing your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, standing in the midst, worshiping with you because you got to be a part of the story in that. So uh, now we are going to be done a little bit early, which is great. It's awesome. And so if you have kids over in eKids, like I'm giving you an extra 10 minutes 
to hang out here. Like, you don't have to go get your kid right away. It's awesome. So meet some other parents that might be in here. Um, a couple of different things to let you know about. Next Sunday, we love you. Don't come here. Okay? We love you enough to tell you the truth. We won't be here next Sunday. But rumor has it, uh, we will have an online service that has worship. Uh, Lyle and I are going to share a little bit more about vision and mission and what we've been talking through. And we're doing it kind of Super Bowl theme. Eating. Are you allowed to say Super Bowl? Isn't that copyrighted? Oh, big game. Big game theme. Strike that. Okay, yeah, big game we'll theme. We'll edit that one out, right, John? Yeah, and uh, we're going to eat hot wings and try to talk. Should be fun. We're going um, to do the hot ones challenge. We're not just eating hot wings. We're doing the Hot Ones Challenge. Oh, Lord. One of us is excited about it. I'll let you guess which one. Pray for me. Pray for me. Um, all right. So we're going to do that, film that. You can tune in and watch that. Uh, so 70 of you have signed up to serve with us. Uh, again, second Saturday food distribution. We pack meals on Friday at Carry Ministries. All that information is in the app. We give it out 8 a.m. next Saturday morning here on campus. For a lot of you, it's our serve weekend, uh, and so there's 70 of you who have signed up to help us pack meals up at Ore Valley Church in Nazarene. If you're part of the 70 that has signed up, awesome, you did it, you're in. I'll see you there. If you have not signed up and you're like, I'm waiting until the last minute, well, you waited, and it's full. Um, so here's the invitation now, is there's a time slot from 11 to 1, not the 2 to 4 that we're going to be there, that still has room if you want to go. So maybe find a neighbor. Uh, find someone that's sitting around you and say, hey, I didn't sign up, but maybe you didn't sign up, and maybe we can go together. Uh, and so all the information's the same. You just got to get that. If The easiest thing is just email me and I will communicate with you and get you what you need. Make sense? Maybe you're an e-group that wants to serve somebody. I know we got a couple e-groups that are looking to serve maybe on Sunday morning because, again, we're not meeting next Sunday night. Reminder. Um, and then we'll see you back here on the 19th. We're going to start a brand-new series called Unhurried, kind of living at the pace of grace. And uh, we're excited. Okay, babies have had enough. All right, so... Um, so, 10-Minute Party is in the back. If you're brand new, I'd love to meet you back there. Uh, Deb, if you could help me out there. And then uh, we have a, folks that go out to dinner every Sunday night. We're going to Jason's Deli off of Broadway, right? Off of Broadway. Uh, so in about 25 minutes, you'll have a group there. But feel free to mingle. Uh, if you have kids, you have six more minutes. This guy talked too long. Six minutes to hang out. So may God bless you. May he send you to the one that he's directing you to. May you have a great conversation here.